I, I'm not trying to be down on men, but most of the time, men are not going to be able to do that. Um, we know that men make attributions that when things go well, they will take credit for it. Mm-hmm. And when things don't go well, they'll blame it on something else. Mm-hmm. Whereas women, when things go well, will say that they were lucky. And when things don't go well, they'll blame it on themselves. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman and I discuss the positives of disagreeing in your marriage. It might actually be a good sign. Stay tuned. Okay, here's the deal. I love wine. I know a little bit about wine, but I'm not an expert. But you know who is? Our wine club partner, Touring and Tasting. We have been working together for five years now, and I can honestly say that they have delivered to my door some of the best wines I have ever had. We started working with them so that we could deliver to you an ongoing reminder, a treat, to slow down with your spouse and enjoy each other's company and to reconnect. To help facilitate, with each shipment, we provide simple date night ideas, and Touring and Tasting shares background information on the wineries and includes recipes that will pair well with your wines. I should note that many of these wines are typically only available if you actually visit the winery or become a member of that wine club. The customer service from Touring and Tasting is ridiculous. I have a friend who joined and then called me to rave about how enjoyable their customer service experience was. That's unheard of, right? So here's the deal. There are no membership fees. Shipping is free. You can cancel at any time, and these unique award-winning wines come with 100% satisfaction guaranteed, which means they guarantee the wine is delicious or they will replace it free upon request. If you decide the wine you just had was amazing and you want to reorder, you can save up to 70% off of retail. Now here's the closer. If you sign up today, you will receive your first shipment for half price. You can join right now and get your first shipment for a flat fee of $49 plus tax. This is before the half price offer. So your pre-taxed first shipment is less than $25 for two amazing bottles of wine. This is a limited time offer, so don't wait. Go to hitchedmag.com and click the wine club link to join today. Gift options are also available Ahem, wedding season around the corner. And again, visit hitchedmag.com and click the wine club link to join in celebrating your marriage. Cheers. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, editor-in-chief of hitchedmag.com. I am joined once again by the lovely, the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Uh, Karen, for those tuning in for the first time, is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is also the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. Um, You can get this information at our website, drkarensherman.com. And today we are going to talk about accepting disagreements. Uh, So much of what we discuss on this podcast is to get couples to see eye to eye. And today I wanted to 
talk a bit about accepting disagreement. Um, basically, one partner wants to do one thing and the other partner wants to do another. Uh, and so I wanted to explore this topic a little bit, Karen. And my first question is the steps of this process. So I'm curious if the first step is accepting disagreement and acknowledging that you heard your spouse's opinion when they ha- when you basically go on and say like I want to do this even though you know your spouse disagrees. Okay, so I'm glad to answer that question, but I'm going to say there's a step before what you call is the first step. Okay. And I am going to change it up a little bit and tell you, you know, the question you always ask me at the end, which is, do I have anything to add? So I'm going to add it at the beginning, which is the following. Expect that there are going to be disagreements. Mm. And when you disagree, don't think that there's something wrong with your relationship. You are two different people from two different backgrounds. I don't care if you grew up in the same neighborhood, you're the same religion, you're both the uh, firstborn. You have been raised in different families and so you have different backgrounds and therefore you are going to have disagreements. And I know many couples who feel that if they have disagreements, that something's wrong with them. And that is, you know, there's nothing further from the truth. So that really, to me, is the first step of expecting that you're going to have disagreements and not getting blown away by it. Can so, I can I modify that even further? Sure. And uh-huh. you can let me know if I'm off on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I am like a big mental uh, perspective person. Mm-hmm. So I would take it even a step further than that and say look forward to when they disagree with you because that is showing that they can still surprise you mm-hmm. as you go on in marriage. Because I think so often um, couples begin to merge into this single individual where, you know, one person says something, you just automatically know the other person feels the same way because they carry on the same traits. They read the same things. They watch the same things. They have the same conversations. Um And so I look at it as when they disagree with you, oh, my God, that's awesome because that what a surprise. Like I thought they probably would have gone along with this one as well. And here Mm -hmm. they are surprising me again. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a very good point. Um, So, you know, again, I think that we have to sort of set that backdrop Mm -hmm. before we get into the nitty gritty. Got it. So. So, yes, after that, um, I think it's really good if you can acknowledge Uh, that you heard your spouse's opinion, because at the very least, that's respectful. Mm -hmm. You know, I hear you. I realize that, you know, we're not seeing eye to eye on this. Um, And, you know, not either one of us is necessarily right or wrong. um, But I do hear that we don't see things exactly the same. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming that um, when you tell your spouse, I hear your opinion and thank you very much for it, but I'm going to go my own way on this one. Uh, they also have to be willing to accept that and move on as opposed to continue to try to fight for their position. Well, that would be a a nice thing to do. It doesn't always work that way. You know, there are many couples where the complaint I hear is that if I don't agree with my spouse, you know, I pay for it in some way, Mm -hmm. a grumpy mood or uh, he or she tries to control me or convince me or whatever. And and that doesn't really work. That leads to a lot of negative feelings. Mm -hmm. So 
Um, I think that it behooves each of us, again, to realize that we're different with different needs and different ways of looking at the world, to understand that our spouse isn't going to necessarily go along with what we think is the better choice. Mm -hmm. Um, And they may go ahead and do something, you know, differently. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Now, is there something to be said for owning your own choice, even if it winds up being wrong, that you are able to keep your uh, independence or self-worth or confidence or however you want to describe it intact as you uh, have this life with somebody else? Well, I I think, you know, there is, I I think having your own identity and not necessarily just always doing what your partner wants um, is a good thing. On the other hand, I think if you're uh, making a choice purely for the purpose of, well, you know, I'm going to do my own thing um, and show you that I am my own person, I don't think that's a good attitude either. I think you've got to strike a balance between um, understanding your needs, understanding your partner's needs, um, and, you know, deciding in each case, um, is this something that uh, behooves me to, you know, stick with what I want or to, you know, try to be flexible and, um, you know, take one for the team, let's say, or, you know, do something that will better suit my partner this time. Um, can I, but can I, I do re- think, yes, go ahead. Can I reverse it and ask, is there a danger in always agreeing with your spouse? I do think so. I think that, um, the person who's always agreeing might end up feeling resentful. Um, I even think that the person who is always agreed with might end up not respecting their partner as much and not feeling like, wow, you know, this person doesn't have a mind of their own. They just always, you know, do whatever I want them to. So they don't think quite as much of the partner who never has their own opinion or their own initiation of ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, we want our partner to be an independent person, not just a lackey who's following along. Um, I think we feel better about being with another person who is an individual. Again, not just, it's, it's a balance. You want to be in a partnership, you want your own ideas or your needs to be respected, um, but you also want somebody who's got a little bit of a backbone. Sure. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where if if you've ever been around a person who's just like a yes person all the time Uh and you do something that you're proud of and they tell you yes, like you appreciate it. But it doesn't mm-hmm. really mean a whole lot. But if you have that person who around you who has a backbone and they tell you, yes, it it really resonates yes. a lot more. So mm-hmm. and if it's your spouse, then it really resonates deep, I think, at least. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, so we're talking about disagreeing on different choices people make. Mm-hmm. Now, decisions have consequences. Um, mm-hmm. If the decision you make turns out wrong, or at least not the way that you had wanted it to, is there benefit to acknowledging that your spouse's counter choice may have worked out? Yes, I think so. Um, I, I think that, um, if you can say to your partner, you know, look, it turned out that, 
you know, what you were suggesting really was the better choice. Um, But I really appreciate that you gave me the respect to let me try it my way. Um, And, you know, I I see now that this was whatever. Um, And I, I do think that it would work out better. Now, in all honesty, mm-hmm. and I have literature, I have research that backs this up. <laughs> okay. I, I'm not trying to be down on men, but most of the time, men are not going to be able to do that. Um, we know that men make attributions that when things go well, they will take credit for it. Mm-hmm. And when things don't go well, they'll blame it on something else. Mm-hmm. Whereas women, when things go well, will say that they were lucky. And when things don't go well, they'll blame it on themselves. So I think when a man can say, you know, it really didn't work out the way I was hoping that it would. And it turned out really that, you know, you were, you know, you really um, looked at the situation in a way that was, um, you know, much more strategic or whatever. I really give that guy a lot of credit mm-hmm. because most guys are just not able to do that. Um, so so I, I think it would be terrific if you can do that. Yeah. And when you when you point out the research on that, that seems like it's an, an innate um, male trait or some way that we're neurologically wired, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and I just wanted to follow up with that is so now having you pointed that out and said it on this podcast and there are men listening now that they know that, um, do they still have the excuse of I mean, they we have free will so we can make different choices. Correct. So. Um, does it still make it difficult now that they know that information or is it like, well, now you have run out of excuses because you know that your tendency is to do this. Um, but just go ahead and acknowledge these things properly. Well, it depends on the guy, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I mean, I think that, and I don't think that somebody has to throw themselves, that a guy has to throw himself at the woman's feet and say, oh, you know, I really was, you know, um, an idiot about this, or I was really, you know, whatever. He doesn't have to make himself look really bad. He just has to acknowledge it. You know, I wrote an article years ago about, you know, just say my bad, you know, it it really, um, it doesn't take an awful lot for a woman to say, okay, great. You know, thanks for acknowledging it. And, and it's done. We're all, you know, it's over. Um, but you know, again, a lot of guys are still into the macho thing and they don't want to somehow look like they've screwed up or that they weren't good enough, you know, that they weren't adequate enough, that the choice they made was not a good one. So it's hard for them, <clears throat> excuse me, to say, you know, to say that, that my choice was really not the right one. Well, it would have worked out if so-and-so had done such and such, mm-hmm. or it would have been an okay choice. It wasn't my fault. It was something else that happened. Um, and and really, there's nothing wrong with saying you know, I didn't think this out properly or, you know, um, there were certain things I hadn't considered. Um, but again, you know, I, I so appreciate that you ran with it, you know, that you, that you let me go with what I was thinking would be the better thing to do next time, you know, we'll do it your way. Mm -hmm. 
And even just saying like, well, you know, sometimes I have to learn the hard way or something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I'm Let also me ask you something. Yes. Because you know, through these podcasts, many times there are things that you will reveal about your relationship sure. with Jess. And there are many times that <clears throat> you have learned a lot of things through the years. You acknowledge when you've made a bad choice? Yes. All right, Steve. I'm impressed. I, I, uh, you know, and I, here's the thing. I feel like um, my, my profession has humbled my ego when it comes to ideas and perspectives. Uh-huh. Um, I spent many years in a creative environment at a magazine mm-hmm. uh, where we would sit in an editorial room or a, an editorial meeting with a room of people. Mm-hmm. And it was a very safe space to throw out ideas. Yeah. And not have somebody, you know, to be rejected with mm-hmm. those ideas, but not feel put down. Yeah. Now, a very interesting thing about this, now that we're on the topic, I, so I worked at, um, a, well, Entrepreneur Magazine, and uh, I was, at the time when I started, not, uh, by the time I left, there were a couple, but when I started, I was the only male employee on the editorial side of the magazine. Mm-hmm. And so the editorial director, editor-in-chief, whatever you want to call her, the executive editors, the managing editors, the articles editors, the copy editors, they were all women. Mm-hmm. And to your point about the differences of men and women, perhaps I felt safe mm-hmm. because it was all women and, mm-hmm. and the politeness at which we were being accepted or rejected with our ideas. Right. Um, and so uh, anyways, I that was something that I, at least in my professional life, got really comfortable with of throwing out ideas, knowing that even good ideas get rejected mm-hmm. and some bad ideas move forward and they turn out exactly as I had, had expected. Um, or a good idea gets accepted and it works out really well. And it's just, there's just something about that environment and that experience mm-hmm. that makes it for me because I, I even today I work on a lot of projects, creative projects where ideas get tossed out by a lot of different people, a lot of collaboration that happens. And I, I try to not take things personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the, to kind of put a pin in it, Um, I, that's not to say that I don't have my own opinion on things and that's not to say that, um, choices are made that I disagree with and think Mm -hmm. this is the wrong choice, but I also kind of accept it and move on. And that's Mm -hmm. something that I've, I've learned and I definitely carry that over into my personal life. Good. Good. Well, you know, I asked you that question because I think that many times you've been a very good role model and uh, I wanted to spell it out on the, you know, on the podcast. Well, thank you. I try. I, I honestly, God, I, um, I have said this from the beginning. I, that is the same way that Hugh Hefner lived the Playboy life, the Playboy brand. That's how I want to live my life. I, I want to try to follow. Like Hugh Hefner? (laughs) Yes. Yes. Just like you. Uh, no, I want to, I want to create a best practices through my own personal execution. I don't want to be some hypocrite 
that's like, do this. And then, you know, people find out that I'm completely different than that. Yeah. Like, I really want to try to do the things that I say. Right. And uh, I will acknowledge I'm not perfect all the time. Um, but damn, I try. I honest to God try. So. OK. Um, OK, so I'm guessing with what we have been saying and your spouse's, you know, made a choice. It didn't turn out the proper way or maybe the other spouse's choice was the correct one. I'm guessing the best thing in those situations, though, is not to rub it in. Oh, absolutely. You don't rub it in because, again, I mean, that's basically like making fun of the person. Yeah. Um, and if you do that, then um, the person is very likely not to ever own that they've made a mistake. <clears throat> and um, it's just going to set up a hostile environment between the two of you. So, you know, there's there's no purpose. There's nothing to gain out of it. Um, I mean, if anything, what you'd want to say is, look, you know, you made this choice. It didn't turn out the way you had hoped. And that's okay. We all make mistakes. Um, so, you know, next time, you know, if you learn from, you know, what didn't work out, or is there something that you realize that made it not work out? Mm -hmm. And next time, you know, you'll look at it differently from a different perspective or something. But the last thing you want to do is, uh, call attention to it in a negative, you know, teasing, taunting kind of way. Is that, is that part of the process being able to make mistakes and then knowing that it's okay, that you're not going to get hammered for it. Because I think a lot of times people, it's not even the mistake that they're afraid of. They're afraid of the fallout of that mistake. And therefore oh, absolutely. it keeps them paralyzed. Well, you know, if you've ever read any of the books about people who are successful, what they tell you is that they've all made mistakes, but what separates them from people who aren't successful is that they don't stop when they've made mistakes. They mm -hmm. learn from it and they move on. Um, but I think the other part of it is that you also have people around you who are supportive of you and who say, who encourage you and say, you know, okay, it's not a big deal. You know, let's look at, at what it was, what the situation was and, and what can we learn from it? Um, so that the person doesn't feel like they're a fool or an idiot, you know, whatever, and don't feel encouraged to try it again. Mm -hmm. It's it's interesting that you mentioned that because one of the um, philosophies of Silicon Valley, which I'm sure a lot of people know this, is they have this mantra of fail fast. And mm -hmm. so it's just with technology, it's hard. <laughs> it's it's hard to make processing chips smaller and reinvent the phone every, you know, 12 to 18 months. Mm. And it's just accepted that failure is part of the process. Mm -hmm. And so they make it their mantra, fail fast, fail often and move forward. And so, right. and I think, I think that's one of the secret sauces of the tech industry is not everything is going to be a home run. We know we're going to fall down on our face, but we accept that as just part of the process to yeah. learn something from that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's just no way to constantly be succeeding and um, upwardly moving. That That's just an unrealistic expectation. The same way that I said it's unrealistic to think that in a relationship, you're never going to disagree. Yeah. Um, now, is there a way, and this is what we can wrap it up here, is there a way that you can encourage your spouse, if, particularly if they're 
quiet and don't typically express a vocal opinion about a lot of things. Is there a way that you can kind of get them out of their shell a little bit? Or is that really a personality trait that, you know, sure, they have their own opinion, but they're never going to express it? Well, I think that, first of all, if it's your spouse, you probably got the best shot of getting them to express it because hopefully they're the most comfortable with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that if you, you know, just simply say, you know, what do you think about this? And if they say, oh, I don't know, whatever, and you say, okay, you know, it doesn't really matter, but, you know, what do you think? You know, do you think it'll be whatever, whatever? And, you know, if you start with something that's small and insignificant, where there's not a lot vested in it, and then it turns out that something about what they said was on target, you can go back to it and say, look at that, you know, um, you were right, you were on target, you know, so that you reinforce and you build it up, and then little by little, they feel comfortable, and, and you can say, like, what's the harm in, in, you know, you were so cautious or you were so hesitant to, you know, share with me and what would be the big deal? It's me, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't care. You know, really what we've been talking about is creating those safe spaces to express yourself and not putting people down is what is like the best practice of, of making that happen. Right. Right. And I just want to say too, that I'm, I, I said the phrase safe space Mm -hmm. and, um, I want to say that there is nothing wrong with a safe space. And I feel like there is a circuit, certain segment of the population that thinks it's politically correct, political correctness gone amok. And I want to say bullshit because that's um, coming from a place of privilege where they don't feel offended all the time. Mm. And there are reasons for safe spaces. And so when we're talking about um, relationships and people and a relationship, I think it's important that your spouse, to your point, feels safe enough to fully and completely express themselves um, and not feel judged for what they're about to say. Oh, I, I think that that's a really important part of a relationship and that a lot of couples get into trouble because they don't uh, feel that sense of safety that I can express myself and it will be respected or it won't be put down or it won't be judged or it won't be, you know, met with some kind of criticism. Mm-hmm. And it, like it judge, like you, you ju- I hope people judge what I say, but just be kind about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, cause there's a way that you can judge something and say like, Oh, you know, I disagree. Uh, I think this would be better, but it's, it's when you start putting the other person down or making them feel yes. uh, less than that trouble starts. So Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'm not going to ask the question because you front loaded it. So <laughs> uh, we are going to wrap it here. Uh, so thank you so much for your time, Karen. Thank you, Steve. I want to remind everyone that you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for 30 years. Karen is the author of Mindfulness and the Art of Choice, Transform Your Life. She is the co-author of Marriage Magic, Find It, Keep It, and Make It Last. You can get those books at her website, drkarensherman.com. We also have them in our bookstore on hitchedmag.com. And of course, you can find them online at the big places uh, like Amazon, 
Amazon and stuff like that. So uh, check those out. I highly recommend them. Um, and of course, you can find thousands of articles on our website. You can uh, follow what we're doing every day on the social platforms, on Twitter and Facebook. And, and we even do some like really cool little pull quotes and stuff on Pinterest. So uh, we try to stay active. And if you have any thoughts or comments or ideas, we'd love to hear them. And uh, until next time, one last time, thank you so much, Karen. And to you, Steve, thank you. All right, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody. 